Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. All right, Annie, I'm going to ask you a question about your personal history. You ready? Oh my gosh. Yes. You should not be scared. Uh, Can you remember the first time you were on any social media site and when you actually became a member? Yes. Uh, I The first time I was on any social media site was Twitter 2007. It was required by a student organization I was in, but I didn't tweet for the first time until, I believe, 2012. Wow, so Twitter so, was your first encounter. Yes, Facebook was second in 2009, 2008, because I just got back from Australia, and everybody was like, well, how are you going to show your pictures? And then I posted that, and then again, did not like look at it for many years after that. <laughs> That's interesting. Why did you... So you got onto Facebook specifically for pictures, sharing pictures. And staying in touch with people. Okay, okay, okay. And then when did you get on Instagram? Instagram, I think I got on for work, actually. Yeah. So uh, probably like 2015. Pretty recent. I haven't been on Instagram that long. Yeah. So yeah. So today we wanted to talk specifically about what's happening in Egypt. And the reason we're talking about social media is because the Me Too movement, the hashtag Me Too movement has actually caught on and become a really big source in some much needed conversation about sexual violence in Egypt. And we've talked about it before. We've talked about all the different movements that are happening and why it's so important that we look at those. Um, So we've been highlighting a few of the countries and some of the big things that have been happening uh, for women around the world. Um, And today, again, we want to talk about Egypt and what some have been calling the feminist revolution. Yeah, so in 2014, after collecting several statements and testimonies from 100 accusers and survivors on the Instagram account Assault Police, an account dedicated to fighting sexual violence in Egypt created by 22-year-old student Nadine Oshroff, one perpetrator was arrested for sexual harassment and blackmail for threatening victims. Right. Uh, This account has over 211,000 followers and has used the hashtag MeToo movement 
to, again, open up the long overdue conversation of the sexual violence occurring in Egypt. And by the way, the arrest of the predator that we were just talking about happened four days after the count was created. Dang. Uh, many were surprised at how quickly the account grew and garnered attention. One of the activists running the account, Soba Cordier, who left Egypt after being assaulted, stated, quote, We are demanding to be listened to. We are just using what we have, lending our voices to hopefully create some kind of change. She has become influential in helping other women coming forward and assisting them in finding help and guidance through the process. Right. Um, and the count also brought attention to a gang rape case, which led to nine suspects um, involved and also opened up the parliament to passing a law giving women automatic right to anonymity to encourage victims to come forward, which is fairly new, obviously. And not only has the account allowed for survivors to be able to share their stories and in some cases get justice, but they've been working to destigmatize victim blaming, which has been a consistent issue in the country. Uh, many have stated that the blaming and sludge shaming was part of the many reasons uh, victims don't come forward or speak out, which is not unheard of everywhere. But specifically in Egypt, it is now coming as a conversation piece about why this shouldn't be happening. A United Nations study completed in 2013 showed that 99% of women in Cairo reported experiencing some type of sexual harassment and also showed that all were affected by sexual violence, no matter class or status within the country. So that is a huge number, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, the account has definitely been a massive success in their purpose. However... There continues to be concern about outreach and publicity for the more rural areas of the country which don't have social media access or even general media. The conversation continues on how they would allow for more growth to areas without internet access. As in fact, activist and award-winning columnist Mona El-Tahawe talked about the need for more public and open communications to allow for the entire population of Egypt. Uh, she states, quote, The beginning of the feminist revolution has to be about inclusivity. It has to cross the class barrier. It has to focus on patriarchy and not just the criminal justice system. Our revolution must pay attention to all women, working class women, domestic workers, refugee women, disabled women, Muslim and Christian and atheist women, queer women, trans women. I would like especially especially to see the movement break class and regional barriers. I want it to be seen and heard outside of Cairo. By focusing on patriarchy, we focus on something that is much more powerful, lasting, and likely to ensure justice. We must reach beyond just the women who are able to go on Twitter and like me say, the patriarchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the whole thing. I was like, oh, I need this everywhere. <laughs> Activists in Egypt are working hard and tirelessly to continue to make change and get justice for survivors of sexual violence in the country. Though rape is difficult to convict and sexual harassment wasn't criminalized until 2014, they have continued to fight for rights and justice within the country. Even having higher religious authorities in the country releasing statements of support for women and victims. Many of the mosques started speaking out against sexual harassment and victim blaming during prayer, which is significant for the movement, and opened up the conversation around religion and victim blaming. Right. Uh, many activists stated that they were cautiously excited to see the movement going forward and spreading. However, there is still pushback against influencers and women who are speaking out by the government. Um, there have been arrests of TikTok influencers for, quote, inciting debauchery. But it doesn't seem to have slowed them down in their continued fight in the feminist revolution. Yeah, so, well, it's another thing that we're going to keep an eye on and another thing that if we have listeners uh, listening who have experience, right. know what's going on, Please, please, please right. email us. It's been so great to hear from you listeners as we've been doing these international 
episodes. Right. But if you do want to follow that Instagram, it is Assault Police, as if they're policing assault. So A-S-S-A-U-L-T-P-O-L-I-C-E. And in the meantime, we do have some listener mail we wanted to share with you from one of our previous international episodes. Um, Patty wrote, I just listened to the episode about Chile. I know I'm biased, but I've been thinking there should be an episode about Chile for a while because a lot of things are happening here. In my opinion, the women's movement has gained more recognition since abortion became legal in 2017. Something called therapeutic abortions were legal in Chile, but then in the 80s, during Augusto Pinochet's military dictatorship, abortion became completely illegal under all circumstances. In 2017, during her second term, Michelle Bachelet, the only female president in Chile's history, promulgated a new law which allows abortion only in three cases. The mother's life is at risk, the fetus is not viable, and if the pregnancy was the result of rape. Also, doctors and or medical institutions are allowed to not perform an abortion if it goes against their beliefs. There are a lot of private Catholic clinics in Chile that refuse to do it. In some small towns, there's only one OBGYN, and if they refuse to do it, it becomes really hard for those women to have access to an abortion. I'm 31 years old, and there have been protests in Chile ever since I can remember. Most of them are about healthcare, education, and pension systems. In October 2019, the government announced an increase on public transport fare, and that was the last straw for the people. On October 25th, 2019, there was a huge march known as, quote, the biggest march in Chile. 1.2 million people marched just in Santiago. The population in Santiago is 8 million, so 1.2 is a massive march. I think about 3 million people marched all around the country. Regarding women's movement, it is believed that the protest started because a bunch of students from an all-girls high school organized a campaign for fair evasion in subway stations. This information is not official because the protest became violent and chaotic pretty quickly, so it's hard to know when and how they started. Probably the most important thing to happen regarding the feminist movement was a performance by a feminist collective called Las Tesis. Their performance of the song On Violada on Tu Camino, A Rapist in Your Path, became viral around the world. It was translated to a lot of different languages and performed all around, even in New York City outside the court building while Harvey Weinstein's trial was taking place. Las Tesas were on Time Magazine's list of most influential people in 2020. And yes, my friend and friend of the show, Marissa, she sent me Instagram stories of this. She's like my social media. She really is. You need to see these things. Yeah, I have those people <laughs> too. That, Good job, Marissa. So uh, continuing with the letter, in November 2019, the Congress signed an agreement to hold a referendum in March 2020 asking people if they would approve or reject a new constitution. Because of the pandemic, the re referendum was postponed until October 25th, 2020, exactly one year after the biggest march in Chile. The pandemic is also the reason why the protest stopped right after the Women's March on March 8th, which is the International Women's Day, which became the actual biggest march in Chile's history with 2 million women marching just in Santiago. That is amazing. Everything else was mentioned in the episode about women making up half of the people in charge of drafting the new constitution, making Chile the first country in the world to do so. Woohoo! Uh, it took a long time for Congress to approve it, which is sad, but at the same time, it was really nice for me to see women from all parties in Congress uniting for this one really important issue. That's amazing. The next couple of years are going to be pretty intense for us politically. In April 2021, we have to vote to choose the people who will be in charge of drafting the new constitution. In November 2021, we have a presidential elections, 
And then in 2022, we'll vote to approve or reject the new constitution. I'm sure a lot of wild, unexpected things are going to happen, but I'm really excited and hopeful for the future of my country. I also know it's been really inspiring for other Latin American countries, so maybe this social movement is just the start of a revolution across the continent. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and then it's inspiring um, to us, man. Like we said, we would yeah. love to see that happen in the U.S., Yes, and um, thank you so much for taking the time to write this out, Patty. It's very, very informative. We appreciate so much getting these We love the letters. Insight. Yes, because, you know, as much research as we can do, we're not there. Exactly. Um, so we, we can't speak to that lived experience. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing that with us. And we would love to hear from listeners all over about what, issues we should be talking about, what countries, we love it. Um, Again, if anybody from Egypt listening to this has something they'd like to add, please, we would love to hear it. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff I've Never Told You or on Twitter at Podcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 